So, where do you want to start? Um, I think the place that I'd like to start is, there's so many different points that you can enter from this conversation, but I think one of the main things that I like to ask myself every day, multiple times a day, is what do you want? Mm. What do you want? What do you ultimately want, right? And I think that question is interesting because it's sort of, desire is like fire. Yes. It, it burns up, and what's interesting is, is that through the lens of desire, when you allow yourself to really want something, you can then understand that you don't want it. If you allow yourself to really want it. And I think that's really, really interesting. So I've been, I've been thinking about that like a ton, man. I've been thinking about so desire and how desire manifests. So to me, it's like, well, what, what do I want and what am I moving towards, right? Um, so like for a while, it was like, okay, maybe I want people's approval. Mm. But then the more that I think about it, you know, and, and it's one of those things where you can hear it from somebody else, but it's not empowering until you find it yourself. It's like, do I really, do I really find people's approval or disapproval being ultimately satisfying of what it is that I'm wanting? Um, and the thing that I found more and more is, um, it's not, it's not really what I want. Pe people can approve of me or people can disapprove of me and it doesn't really matter because ultimately I don't really want that. Yeah. All I really <clears throat> want is the approval of myself and really even then I don't want, I don't want my own approval. All I want to do is what? And, and so, so to me, the tunnel keeps moving towards one direction, which is I want the kingdom of heaven. I want to live yeah, virtuously. Yeah, so by being secure in your own self and your own monad, you can then kind of walk then through the path of the nirvana. We were talking about that the other day, right? That the, the self is the entry point to the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is in you. Is in you, and yes. And so by f insecurity is caused by focusing on externals, right? So if that's validation, if that's an over-prioritization of money or you know, that big house what you want, or like, if that is the energy for your being, ultimately, you are on a, a fool's errand, because what you've set out to do is based off of things that are finite in nature. Well, I think it's also interesting, because I don't think it's actually what you want. Exactly. So, so, so I think, exactly. So I think, here's the thing, is like, you could say, okay, I want, I want to be really wealthy. So the, so, so the, the wealth is maybe you want status so that you so that you feel like you're getting people's approval. But maybe you get less approval, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you feel like there's even less approval there. Okay, so then the other thing is, it's like, well, why else are we doing it if it's not for, um, if it's not for that? I think the other thing that comes to mind that's really bubbling up a lot in terms of what motivates my behavior is comfort. You know, it's like, am I trying to steer away from discomfort? Am I trying to steer towards comfort? Is comfort good? You know, so, so, so um, I've had these realizations where more and more I think about, um, there's this wonderful quote from Confucius where he's talking about how um, the virtuous man, the, 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 the superior man, does not stop thinking about virtue even for a single meal. His, his very thought is on virtue. And so I was thinking about that intensity. And that's something I see again and again. Um, I think about where Socrates is drowning a boy. You know, that was in and drowning a boy and saying, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's drowning like, him. Wait a second. Him up and he asks him, what were you thinking? Were you what, what did you want while you were underwater? He said, I just wanted air to breathe. He said, 
once you find the desire to, to, for, for wisdom, just as you have that desire to breathe, it will come to you. You know, so it's, it's about directing the energy towards those things. And I think a lot of what creates dissatisfaction and emptiness is we focus on illusory things. We focus on things that don't actually matter. Um, and once you let those things go, it's crazy. So like, for instance, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is like, okay, if I no longer ever act, think, feel, speak, none, nothing I do operates out of a desire to gain approval or to steer away from disapproval, how the fuck will that impact every single aspect of my life? How does that, who am I? I become a different person. Yeah. I'm a complete, like I'm no longer, all, like even all the possibilities of the people that I could be, all those, there's a whole new possibility. Because um, if you're operating out of a desire to, to, to get approval, that means that you're giving away a certain amount of your autonomy, your ability, your, <laughs> your own instincts to somebody else. And so the, the less and less you, you desire. Yeah, yeah, you totally cut yourself off from the infinite possibilities that you could be because you're focusing on a finite perspective and that's what you're attuning to. I love that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's really, really crazy. But if you go through that, it's like one of the things I do is I think um, once you find a good truth, uh, it's, the question is, is how do you apply that so that it then constitutes who you are? Right? And so one of the things that I found that really is my ability to be able to see it, to be able to, to embody it is, is to do one word repetition, uh, rapid word repetition. So like saying, uh, I don't desire other people's approval. I seek the kingdom of heaven. I don't desire other people's approval. I seek the kingdom of heaven. I don't desire other people's approval. I seek the kingdom of heaven. We have 60 to 70,000 words of sentences that we repeat to each other, we repeat to ourselves every single day. So can you um, can you normalize that? Let's so part of like taking alchemical truths, right, is about making them tangible for yeah. people who might not come from that faith journey, right? So when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, what does that look like? I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a faith journey thing. I think actually faith the faith that you come from actually in a large part gives you away from the journey. Okay. Um, so what I mean is is it's not. If you think about what heaven is, your traditional thing, what you're thinking, it's almost certainly wrong. Almost certainly not what you're thinking of. The kingdom of heaven is not in the sky, it's within you. It's a state of being, it's enlightenment. It is, um, it is a state of, of being at one with the universe. At, mm -hmm. A feeling of, of at one atonement. And that state transcends time and transcends our physical being. Right, and so I think that's the important part here is that looking at who we are as spiritual beings and uh, becoming amazing stewards of the state of our own soul um, by pursuing virtue uh, practically manically, I think that is where we see the kingdom of heaven resonating because your attunement is on things doing that are good for their own sake, right? And that's a big issue in Greek philosophy is that these philosophers are looking at what is the highest good, right? As this virtue ethics principle. And when they get down to, well, it's this or it's that, right? Well, money can't be good because the only reason you want money is for other things. And then they'll, you know, you get to status, restart your recording. Sorry, I think my sister called me. Oh. Um, 
you know, you get the money to get the status and to get the approval. Like you're always kind of going up this chain of, you know, your, your thing is not going to satisfy that inner void. Yes. And I think what, what that ultimately gets down to is you want to get to the core issue. Exactly. What is the core issue? And so what is the core good? And an inner intercessory good is not the good. Mm-hmm. It is only a means to the good. Yeah. And therefore, if your if your chief end becomes the intercessory good instead of the instead of the core good, that intercessory good becomes a bad. Exactly. It becomes a bad. So if you're if if an if the feeling of of elation, right? Which is a elation is a not a natural process of being alive, right? But if this feeling of elation becomes your primary drive for everything and you're trying to seek it, it then becomes a bad thing. Why? Because you then, what, reject all the other emotions, all the other spectrum All the emotions other and virtues and the, the areas in which Ian to, to pursue uh, the good life, right? You become over-invested, right? So knowledge is a virtue, right? The pursuit of knowledge. Um, Sorry. Oh, no worries. Uh, but if I were to abandon my family, my community, my responsibilities, never work, never provide for my bodily needs, um, and I only just crazily seek knowledge that I give up everything else, it's imbalance. It's a very easy way to see that an overindulgence of any virtue is a vice. So, what is the difference between pursuing? something good in a bad state, what, what would that come down to? I don't know. Attunement with your, I think your why, right? What you want. And then understanding, I think reflecting on what, uh, all that you have control of and the impact yeah. on the world. I, I don't think, know. Like I'm trying I, to play I around think, with. Um, I'm going to challenge your thing here a little bit. If you're truly in pursuit of knowledge, could any of those things happen? Can you stop doing all those okay, things if you're fantastic. actually in pursuit of knowledge? So I think the, the question isn't, isn't you're going to an extreme, it's that you're not actually seeking truth. You're not actually applying the truths that you've learned. Exactly, so if you were, you were saying that you were pursuing truth, it's actually more of your, it's a fear insecurity action that's leading to the unbalance. Yeah, well it just isn't, it isn't actually good. Yeah. Right? Um, which is which is fine. You're not maybe you're not even actually pursuing knowledge. You're just pursuing um, a facade of knowing, you know, mm-hmm. which is different. But um, to go back to what I was saying before, just about um, desire and what that looks like, because I think this is something I really want to hit on. Which is, I guess, it's very unique to me. I don't think it's something that a lot of people have gone through the intensity that I have in terms of pursuing something like this. So it's like, I, I wanna be able to articulate it. So let, yeah. me, let me go through this rabbit hole just for a second. So again, if we go through desire and we look at what we want and we really look at it, okay? So we really look at it and we say, do I want this? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that whatever you want, you can have right now in this instant, right? Because the truth, the truth of the matter is, is that your mind is extremely powerful and that you can uh, visualize Anything that you want, in, to the extent as though 
you are experiencing it. Your brain is hardwired in such a way that when you mentally experience something, we're rehearsing, there's no difference between that and actually experiencing it. And so that's, that may be a little bit out in the clouds, but let's talk about that for, for real. So what that means is that if you say want to be a millionaire, right? And experience what it is, you can sit down and for a minute, close your eyes in meditation and you can go through and you can literally be a millionaire in your mind. And, and start rewiring everything and act as though you're already doing it. Yeah. And you could spend your whole life in this a aspect of this and just believe that you, you know, you could easily just think, okay, I'm a millionaire, um, I just don't have the funds right now. Or, or I'm, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm actually a millionaire, the resources haven't come to me, but they're on their way. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that could completely transform. That's what we call manifestations or affirmations. But all that is, is it's what are you meditating on and thinking into reality? Um, and I think that's a really, I could go so many different places with that, but that's a oh really powerful, yeah. that's a really powerful, powerful tool to be able to, um, to be able to use that. So, so for a minute, if we think about that, we think about, okay, well, what is the ultimate chief end? What do you want? Right? Do you want, if you're doing anything, what do you want? Okay. So, so if we're saying that, what do what do you want? Most people, when you say that to them, yeah. See, like I'm not gonna respond to it well, so I'm gonna tell you, you diamondia, you diamondia. This, like, I mean, this, the, the the truth is, is that I think if anyone's being honest when they come down to it, it's that they want to either have have some kind of emotion that they can feel for a long yes. time, yes, um, or they, they, they want bliss. They want an emotion. Um, they want uh, maybe a specific. Maybe a specific level of comfort. They don't want to feel negative. Emotions. They don't want to feel negative emotions. Yeah. So that's a big. That's a big thing. They do not want to feel negative emotions, and that's maybe even more powerful than the urge to feel positive. I would. I would agree. Yeah. Um, and so, I think that that's really interesting. So that's. I, I'm going to say as a mental model, that's a, that's a chief end. So like to me, I think about my chief end, and and the one that I keep getting stirred to again and again is to live virtuously. So that's my. That's what I'm going to say. Now you guys can go down the rabbit hole. You can think about what you want, right? And allow that. And then, and then basically take whatever it is that you, your chief end and then anything else and say, is this helping me? And if it's not, then you subjugate it. So what that looks like for me is like my chief end is, um, to come into alignment with the source, to do what is good, um, to live virtuously, to be enlightened, to be all, you know, to, to, to search within rather than without. Okay. So that's my chief end. So my question is, is like, is, is comfort helping me or, or is it hurting me in, mm -hmm. in that? Okay. Comfort itself or discomfort neither hurts me or helps me when it comes to virtue. But the pursuit of comfort or discomfort, the pursuit for comfort or the pursuit away from discomfort is a, 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 an intense hindrance to my ability to be able to live virtuously. And so, okay, I realize that. So what does that mean? So how can I live in a way that I can apply that wisdom? So the way that I apply that wisdom is one, is I, again, I repeat a series of words because your, your subconscious mind doesn't realize the difference between when you're talking about somebody else, when you're talking about any, uh, your, yourself, it doesn't really, it has no judgments. It just receives whatever the truth is. And so the truth that I give it time and time again is, you know, you are in pursuit of, of oh virtue. You are in pursuit of virtue. You are in pursuit of virtue. See, I, and this is why when someone asks Jesus, what are the two greatest commandments, right? It's to love God with your heart, soul, and mind, 
right? Which yeah. um, Bohemius is a big fan of showing that the good life is the same as pursuing God within the correct understandings of both. Um, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Because I think exactly as you're saying, what you're putting out exactly being placed on yourself. Yeah. So let's slow that down because I want to talk about both of those. So first of all, when it comes to embodying that, because that's a whole different thing. So once yeah. you find a truth and you want to stick to it, you um, you want to embody it. How do you freaking embody it? Um, yeah. And so the way that I embody it is first, like I said, rapid repetition of a phrase in my head. If I know that most people think 60,000 uh, 60, thoughts a day, okay. I can think twice that, right? Or whatever, if I'm intentional. And then also, most people, when they think about those things, I will say, the, I would say in your average state of consciousness, not most people, in, your aver- in the average state of consciousness, you're just thinking... Um, you're just thinking the same thoughts as yesterday. But if you shift that even a little bit, if you say for a minute, um, if you focus instead on saying, you know, I am grateful, I see gratitude as a good thing, I see gratitude as a virtue. So I say, I am grateful, I'm experiencing gratitude, I am um, embodying gratitude. Everything I am is grateful, my being is grateful, everything I see is grateful, gratitude comes to me, gratitude is coming to me. I receive gratitude in abundance. Everything is a gift from the divine and I receive it in abundance. I am grateful for the abundance. I didn't, I don't have. I didn't give myself perceptions. Perception is a gift. I didn't give myself thoughts. Thoughts are a gift. I didn't give myself emotions. Emotions are a gift. I didn't give myself these relationships. These relationships are a gift. I didn't give myself this planet. This planet is a gift. I didn't give myself safe. space. Space is a gift. I didn't give myself time. Time is a gift. I receive every gift. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Just in that couple seconds, right? That's a powerful thing. Right there, you feel a sense of gratitude, don't you? You feel that almost, almost sense of like um, excitement, enthusiasm, all those things come in. Um, as you change your language. And I, th- I think, you know, I was talking to, again, somebody that I care, I, I love very much, was, was talking to me about how, you know, their life is really hard right now and they're talking about all the externals and I just told her, rattle off, let's do five minutes, just rattle off everything you're grateful for. And immediately, she went from feeling like she was on the ledge to feeling extremely happy. In minutes. And she was just telling me before that, she was like, oh, dude, I don't know what I want. I, I could move to a new city, I could do this. She's like looking for all these externals and immediately I'm like, no, do the internals. Um, so I think, again, there's, there's a lot here, but like that's, you're literally yeah. sculpting a person. So that, that's one, so those words are one of the things. Then the way you speak about others reflects back at you. So if you say, I love this person, I want God's good gifts to come to them. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing all of the universal gifts of God to flow to this person. I hope that they wake up to the fact that they're being ridiculously blessed. You do that, you know, it's pray for, the, pray for your enemies, uh, sorry, sorry, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So you do that to literally every single person. You say, I, I, I hope, you know, somebody who did me wrong before that I considered doing me wrong, I hope that the universe blesses them abundantly. Automatically, yeah. It's like, and if you really align that, you just keep doing it over and over. All of a sudden, you feel you feel it. And then, what's interesting is once you feel that, then you go back to a state of consciousness where you're where you're cursing someone. You take it on. You really feel it. you're like, holy shit, I'm drinking poison right now. Yeah. Holy shit! And you realize that words are magical, mystical, essentially um, mysterious entities that flow to us, and we have responsibility. It's like the the. Um, it's like the whole parable of the talent. Words are the talents, the money that God gives us, and we can multiply those effects. So what words are you doing? So the words we point towards others, the words we point towards ourselves, all these things reflect into our reality. 
other people are not other people. They're different manifestations of how we think of ourselves yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, and so when we change that language of like, I love them no matter what, all of a sudden, I love myself no matter what, I love them no matter what, I love myself no matter what, I love everyone no matter what. I give everyone a loving acceptance. You because know? where your mind is, all of the playing rules are the same based on that paradigm. And so how you look at the world is going to reflect how you ultimately feel about yourself. And so if you are in a state where you're ignoring your inner thoughts, right, and you're aggressive and venomous to the outside world, right, you're not going to be in a state of happiness. You're not, it's just... Yeah, I think that's true. I think what it is ultimately here is that you cannot use external means to get to reach internal ends. Exactly. So, so you need if your if your end is internal, why are you using external? Why don't you just go to the source? So, I think that's important. And the second thing is, is here's the thing: if it's true that we, ex if if a thought, a, a visualized and and imagined reality, is is equally experienced in the brain. All the synapses, everything fires exactly the same as if it was actually experienced. Yeah. What that means is that we can live 100,000 different lives right now. That means you can live as a homeless person. You can live as a millionaire. You can live as a saint. You can live as every, every kind of scenario that you ever could imagine you can have right in this moment. Now, the thing is, is isn't just, okay, what do I want? I think it's the thing ultimately is, is that if your circumstances shape you for who you are and you want to be shaped to be generous, right? And it's like every time I'm like trying to be generous. Now, if you gave 10 times to somebody, all of a sudden your brain would start to rewire to be generous. But the same is true. What if you give in your head? What if, what if as you're sitting by and you're meditating <laughs> and you're meditating, you're like, I'm, I'm going to give to someone and you imagine giving to people and, and you imagine a thousand times, giving to a thousand people, and every time you hear, I am so freaking generous, because the, the, the universe gives to me, and I just give to them. And every time I just imagine the joy yeah. of just giving, you know, um, and I imagine that in my mind, yeah. all of a sudden, I have lived a lifetime of giving in a single day. Yeah. In a single day, I could give as much as somebody gives in a lifetime. You know, and you can keep living that. So it's, what that means is that your mind becomes extremely powerful. So the words that we repeat about ourselves, who we are, about others, who they are, all reflect back and change the nature of our reality fundamentally. And then the things that we visualize and think about and, and the, the um, assumed beliefs that we have, we can shift through visualizing and through literally being someone else. Um, and that rewires the synaptic uh, neurons, the, neur the neural connections. And so what I think is really interesting there is like, okay, that's good. It's like, wow, that's a great thing. It's good that you can do all those things, that you can rewire and everything. Now, why do you do it? Mm -hmm. You know? So that alone has no purpose. Okay, that alone is like, okay, great. I have this great tool. What good is it? Then at the other end, it's like, I see this great thing of like, it's good to live virtuously. It's good to be generous. It's good to love and accept others. It's good to be excited and enthusiastic. It's good to see the world as mysterious and magical and be in awe and wonder of everything, right? Either two of those things are great, and they cannot happen with one, without one another. This is the truth of, of what, what needs to be the case in order for life to be good. These are how you can do it in order to make life good. So when you put them together, that's wonderful. So one of the things that I do there is like, I think, okay, life is mysterious. We want life to be mysterious because if life isn't mysterious, it's boring. So when we think about life being mysterious, think about this for a minute. 
You can literally sit on this couch and you can think about floating through the cosmos. You can think about meeting you know, extraterrestrial life. You can think about engaging in, with strange spirits. You can think about going into the woods and, and talking to ants. And, and talking to tree spirits. And, and you can think about little fairies coming to you. You can think about all these things. And guess what? The more and more you dwell on it, the more and more that that becomes what life is. And it's mysterious. It's like, oh shit. You know, you really, it's almost like you hear the ants talking to you. And they're telling you these awesome truths. You know, and that's, I mean, that's crazy. So it becomes mysterious in that way. So I just think the, the tool of the mind is incredible. So again, with visualization, you can sit at the threshold of, of you know, maybe it's whoever you find inspirational. Um, maybe it's Steve Jobs. You could talk to Steve Jobs and he could be t- giving you life advice Great. right so now. And this pulls into a previous podcast where we talk about the council, right? That process of exactly. imagining, right? And then asking yourself, so I'm asking this to Socrates. Yeah. How is Socrates, How is Socrates going yeah. to respond to me? And right? I've been living that. I've been living that because of that one podcast. I've been really living that out. And here's what's crazy. So they say you're the, you are the product of the five best friends. What if your five best friends all live up here? And what if <laughs> your five best friends, again, here's my five best friends right now. Jesus, right now, Socrates. You know, those, Jesus and Socrates are the ones that talk to me constantly. Every time. <laughs> All the time, I just hear Jesus' words and I hear Socrates' questions. You know, I'll hear, I'll hear, you know, um, for instance, um, are you giving to the least of these from Jesus? Yeah. You know, something like that. And then I'll feel these feelings maybe of guilt or shame and I'll hear Socrates say, has guilt or shame ever helped you? You know, has it ever helped you towards the virtue, towards, towards virtue? And I'll have to say, you know, Socrates, no. No, it hasn't helped me. And so then, Socrates says, has, has, has a spirit of gratitude and excitement helped you towards living virtuously? And I'll say, yes, Socrates. Actually, excitement does help me towards living virtuously. So then he said, so then he'll ask me, so why do you live in shame? Why do you live in guilt? Why do you have guilt? And I'll say, I don't know, Socrates. That's an excellent question. And he, and he says, <laughs> and he'd ask me, well, why don't you just replace those feelings of guilt and shame with excitement? And instead of when Jesus says, have you served the least of these? Instead of feeling shame, why don't you feel excited? Because Jesus is standing before you and asking you to conspire along with him to do good. You are conspiring with Jesus of Nazareth or whomever it is that's in your, you know, whoever it is that you're, you're digging with to do good works towards others. You're allowing the, the you source go. of the universe. That is an exciting process. So this is, this is fantastic because this is, this is, you know, you started it off and this is the area where I wanted to get to. Of okay, so we're getting into um, how are we drastically transforming and changing our internal universe, and then how does that change our external, external universe? It changes everything. Yes, it changes everything. And and the thing is, the more that you understand this, the more you realize the external universe is like the line between the two. It's blurs. it's like it's so uh, unimportant. It's so not mm-hmm. not essential to what actually you 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 ultimately need, yes. because so much you're able to do so much just with your mind. Exactly, because so much I think, in a when we're born, we are in the state of trying to understand what's in front of us, and so as our minds grow, we're trying to figure out how to exist, how to walk, how to talk, 
how to interact with people. What are the patterns that matter, right? Because that's what creates us that baseline of security that we can then eventually, in pursuit of us being our best selves, continue to adventure off of. But we can get stuck, right? In especially how a lot of society is structured. Yeah, so what, what is that, what causes that sticking, do you think? That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in what causes the sticking and how do we unbreak it? So let's think about it. So the last time you were the most imaginative typically before traditional education is as a child, we play pretend. And that play pretend uh, really impacts your existence. Right, I know. I had imaginary friends. I, I did too. Yeah. I had an entire universe. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but I lived in Lord of the Rings ninety percent of the time. But what's important here? Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> exactly. No, I had my own universe where I had superpowers and I was a hero. <laughs> yes, yes, and that's like, true. Yep. Oh my, like it was the whole thing, and it's so cool because when you get down to the meat of it. For each of us, the most important battle that we're facing are the internal ones, right? How we exist in the outside world, right, is entirely based off the internal world going on. And so what you're articulating of going through the process of imagination that then, because what you do even within your internal world, right, then creates a feedback loop to affect the point of creation, which is your soul, yeah. right? And so you're constantly in this internal refinement process that's happening so much faster than what's happening in the external exactly, world. Exactly, and so that's one of the things that I think is interesting. So for instance, somebody can tell me that- This is how time travel happens. Yeah. But. Uh, somebody, can, somebody can tell me that I'm, for instance, stupid. Mm-hmm. And do you know how many things, thoughts, I can think before they react? I could think, this person is telling me that I have a lot to learn and I'm excited about that. You know, you know that's one thing. You could, you could say, this person knows more than me and they're about to teach me a shit ton of stuff. I am excited. You know, so you could say that. Or you could say, this person has no idea about who I am. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm humbled by that. Or I have no idea what this person means. I, I don't even begin to understand what stupidity means. Or maybe this person, or maybe my, my thought is, is I feel compassion because I'm like, this person feels like they're only lovable if they're smart. And now I see like, I feel like, uh, I feel this immense emotional compassion for this person. I'm like, you are lovable no matter if you're intelligent or not, you know? So it's like the infinite number of permutations that I can do within a single instant for one word. Yeah. Those are all different realities. Or maybe I think, you know, holy shit, this person's speaking words right to me and I'm able to understand them. How is this possible? <laughs> What, what has allowed me to be able to even understand words? Mm-hmm. You know, this is the, uh, the, even the uh, fact that I can understand what he's saying. Oh, oh, especially because I love this because a lot of people get bogged down and get into semantical arguments when it comes down to basic conversations. It's like, oh, well, you said this, you said that. When it comes down to it, conversation is about two souls speaking to each other and using as that language comes from source, right? It's gonna go through your entire biology your entire genetic code, your entire life history and memory and your opinions about the moment before it then gets out into the words in front of you. And you can't separate that from what happens. So right. And so once we are (laughs) vocalizing, 
right, what the soul is trying to say. We've had so many layers to take away the intention of what is being said, yes. right? Because if we could just all telecommunicate the core things we wouldn't, of what we're, we want to communicate, we wouldn't need words, right? And so we have to then put it from a metaphysical existence to a physical existence while maintaining the purity of what we're trying to uh, process along that path. And when people get really bogged down into what's happening like in that processing, they miss the ability to still, despite the words being said, hear it and still understand what the soul was trying to say at the same time. Yeah, I think what's, what I love about that is, um, wow, communication is mysterious. Can yes. we say that first of all? Yeah. I think one of the things that is In the biggest- In Yeah, one of the things that's just incredible I think just incredible about life is like one of the biggest hindrances to be able to learn is to feel like you already know. And I think yeah. one of the problems with um, our ability to be able to, to think critically is that we're really good at rationalizing and we're really good at explaining things away. And so we can get to a point, I can get to the point, anyone can get to the point to where they feel like they understand people and they can explain literally everything. And you can hold two beliefs that are completely false or completely incompatible and you can hold them in your head at once, right? And so what this allows us to do is to have conversations where I'm talking to you and I'm not understanding a word you're saying and you're not understanding a word I'm saying and that we're still feeling like we understand each other, right? Because we're, we're more involved with ourselves. Oh, exactly. exactly. And this could be happening right now between us, right? And so even, even there, there's, there's that sense of, of doing that. So how do you bridge that gap? I think there's an awe and wonder in realizing, wait, you know, there's, there's like, there's two, there's two things going on right now, which is really cool, right? There's the, the, the fact that what I'm interpreting you're saying, my interpretations and everything, are all about me. They're me, it's me. It's like, it's all about the words that I'm saying, right? And then that liberates me to a huge extent. And then the other liberation is, is like, the words that you're saying are coming from you. Mm -hmm. Again, they're, 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 and, and um, even now, it's like, of course, you're probably sitting, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, well, no freaking up. But what that means is that if I'm interpreting anything as heart, hurtful, it's because it's what I'm saying. If I'm interpreting anything that you're saying as kind, it's because of what I'm saying. Yes. If I'm interpreting anything that you're saying as noble, it's because I see it as noble. If I'm interpreting, right. you, you know, so the same is true for you. So what that means is that anything that you say is this—it's—it's it's coming from your universe, and so it's like to be able to parse that out, to be able to say, okay, well, I—all these things are hitting me. I can say these are all part of me, right? That—that's why I'm understanding it. But at the same time, I see the set of words that you're saying as a reflection of your own universe, and as a window, I'm like I'm peering through the telescope, looking into a distant galaxy that is the soul of Ra right now through the words that you're saying, and you know. I'm realizing there's a huge ecosystem that lives there of all sorts of thoughts, and I can't see a lot of it, but I can see a little bit of rays of lights. I can see a little bit of things here. And yeah, I'm it's like gravitational closer. lensing. Yeah, I'm getting closer and closer into like what's going on there. But there's, I think there's something beautiful about that. There's, there's something. I think we have a basic human need for mystery. We need it. We need to feel as though we don't get shit, you know. And when we feel like we understand everything around us. We go fucking crazy. And this is, let's play this out because this is, I love this topic. So because humans are finite beings, right? 
our soul is connected to the infinite, right? So all of our perspectives are a relative perspective of the absolute truth of the whole universe's collective experience, right? And so, uh, where was I going with this? I don't know. What did you just say? I was talking about how we as oh, human beings right. basic I'm, I'm desire yeah, 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 for, yeah, yeah. for history. So then, so absolute goods yeah. are connected on that level as well. So if you're looking at um, to pursue virtue and the yeah. good life, yeah. that's the that's the transformation of self at the infinite level. Like that's what, that's where we actually do get connected to something that can be anything. Right, and it's the repetition and layers on top of that that then give it form. What do you mean by infinite or finite? So that would be the distinction between. Yeah, I have to unbox that. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's a that's an interesting concept because there. obviously the infinite I'm talking about is the divine, right? Yeah, and then finite are all physical or metaphysical things that exist outside of that yeah what I would like to say um, more and more is I think that rather than finite or infinite because I think that those things can be a bit elusive the words that I personally like to use are like um, between source and and, um, and maybe falsehood mm-hmm. right so like you can be connected to source, which is well, I which is the I don't even know if that's because that means all, all perceived things are falsehood, and then all perceived things have divine and you know it's that gets. Um, I think that's I don't think that that's what. I think that I I understand where you're coming from there. What I mean by that is um, what's an easy way to articulate the concept to. I think that there's a di- you can still say there's a difference between seeing. And being in a state of, of truth or being in a state of illusion. Okay. So I think that this I think that, that that's truthhood or illusion is, is a better thing. So for instance, I think it's an illusion to say that um, I think that the truth of the matter is is that acceptance is the natural state of being. Mm-hmm. That once we get closer and closer to a spirit of, of perfect acceptance, we're accept, we're lovingly accepting everything. We get more and more in attunement with source. We're connecting with source. We are we are in alignment with that, right? And then at the same time, non non acceptance is not uh, is 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 illusory. And why is it illusory? You you almost you can almost tell with um, with your body. You can almost tell with with it's. There's so many things that are that are pointing towards the fact that to be in a spirit of non-acceptance is to be in a spirit of illusion. So like... So you could say anxiousness. Anxiety, the physical, the physical phenomena of anxiety is not bad, but it points towards something. It points towards a fear that you have. But um, that's, that's, that's what I'm more inclined to say. Again, I think we're going into maybe an avenue that I'm not. I don't know. We may, we need to develop a language to, to talk about. That's what, what I think about. as well. Yeah, because um, I don't think I think that both of those things are not so helpful. I think the the fi- infinite versus finite is not that helpful. I think the so absolute comes from source, right? And so we can look at virtues as being a fundamental truth of 
operating according to source. I think I think I got something. What if we say instead, uh, egoic belief versus uh, acceptance from source? Because that's I feel like that's that's different. So like the the accepting something from source, like for instance, gratitude is is uh, is a good. That's not an egoic belief. Uh, that is something that is a necessary truth that comes and flows. Yeah. You know, and it's a, and it's a gift, right? Um, while at the same time, maybe an egoic belief would be, uh, I deserve, I deserve great to be grateful or something. Yeah. I, it could be, it could be anything. You know what I mean? But like the question is, is what are the, so what are the things that are coming from? And this is what you mean by infinite or finite is what's coming to you versus yes, what you. are you, thank you. What are you artificially, that's what it is. What are you artificially creating? Versus what is what is flowing to you as a gift? Yeah. Right. What are you artificially creating so that you can feel some kind of semblance of like, oh yeah, I got control. I have control of this. Versus, yeah. when are you in a spirit of, of receiving? I would say that's because the, when you're in a spirit of acceptance, you don't own knowledge. You're receiving knowledge. You don't, you don't own wisdom. You're yeah. receiving it. You don't own courage. You receive the courage. Right. And so that that transcends all of the virtues. That it's more of get out of your own freaking way. And I think that right there is kind of what I was jumping, <laughs> lost my way, refound it. Yeah. Um, by attuning to those things. Yes, it's and getting that on that spirit, frequency. That, that infinite frequency, right? Outside of the things that are false and illusory, yeah. like, uh-huh. you know, this couch being illusory. Um, we can then actually start, because it, <laughs> creating that internal feedback loop, right? And then, as that in- changes our inner universe, that then changes our outer yeah. universe. Because as soon as it becomes something, like you're saying, repeating every day, doing everything in the spirit of being virtuous, of having that spirit of acceptance, right? Uh, we then treat others in that spirit, right? And then they have a, a potential possibility, would you say, of being inspired, of being affected by that moment of goodness? I think it's impossible for it not to affect. I think that every single thing that we say and do has an impact. Now, how it impacts the other person depends on where, how they, how they receive it. But the fact of the matter is, is that every single action you do shakes someone a little bit. Yeah. It shakes someone a little bit. And especially the more, the more outside of the norm that you go, and the more, the, the more that you are in a spirit of receiving, the more that is. I think one of the ways that we can talk about it too is, and this is what I think is really important, is you can either be in a spirit of openness, ready to receive, or closed off. I think that the spirit of closure is a spirit of negative ego. A spirit of openness is a spirit of positive ego, right? And so a spirit of, if you can, get, if you can align your ego to be, to, to, to be more and more open, that's a good ego. That's a, that's a happy ego. That is, a, that is an ego that is completely, completely satisfied with, with reality and becomes and, 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 and experiences reality in a wonderful way. An ego that's closed is, is really terrible. So for instance, if for instance, I feel like, here's a perfect thing, the ego loves to do conditions. Mm-hmm. Loves conditions, loves it, right? Because then there's a semblance of control. So like, 
the ego, the closed ego would say, I can only be loved if I can get an A in all my classes. Yeah. While the open ego says, man, I'm excited to get whatever grade I get because I see that goodness is flowing to me from the, from the divine. When I get an A, I realize, wow, I can be successful. Maybe I can even help other people through my success. When I get, when I get maybe even an F, I realize, wow, what did I do wrong here? What can I understand with this? Maybe I don't care about this. And what, what, what are yeah. all the infinite things that we, are good for and this? We, exactly. And we don't even... It, the interaction... You know, one thing is a reflection of everything else. And so we can take that and say, you know, I get a D and yes, everything what you're saying, 100% on it, right? Maybe another reflection is, you know, what was I prioritizing? What was I prioritizing? Yeah. You know, like what is more important to me in my lives that I am more grateful for and attuning myself to, to that other to than that. yeah there's so many ways okay and then there's you know I could go on with that forever you could be like okay I accept the fact that I got a D because guess what I actually don't care that much about this class it's not worth my time I'd rather be doing something else I'd rather be spending time my time on this planet is short and I want to be able to be ab abiding with something else yeah. that I care about you know so prioritization that's very important but I think that the spirit of of closeness where it's conditional that is that again is the is the dark, the darker, lower vibrational spirits, right? The the more that you can come into alignment with that, you know, the better. You know, I and, and there's so many things that are good there. So like just think about this in terms of being open to somebody's advice. So if you tell me, uh, if you tell me, you know, you aren't that great of a listener, and immediately I'm like, close up, fuck this guy, you know, I am a great or you know, uh, or, or he doesn't understand me, you know, or or oh no, we're gonna we're gonna be feeling pain. We gotta get away from this, or you know, all those things where it's like well, protection, protection. But it's like if I get open, if I get open, first of all, I realize, okay, boom, whoa, that hurt me. That really hurt. Where does it hurt me? Oh, it hurts me here. It hurts me down in my gut. I feel that there. Like, I feel a feeling of fear kind of in the oh, part so of my spine. Thing. So like all, I feel all those feelings. Okay, so first of all, I feel all those feelings, and I'm open to the feelings, and I let, like, and I and I realize I love and accept these feelings just the way they are, mm -hmm. and I see them, and they are good parts of me, and 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 I and I almost relish having them for a moment, even though they feel painful. I realize that they're good, and then I'm like, then there's another layer of holy shit. These feelings are pointing towards something ethereal towards the mysterious nature of my own subconscious that I'm not even realizing. Well, what's going on there? It's like, oh shit, you know? Why is it bad to not be a good listener? It's like, oh well, maybe it's because uh, I'm not as good of a person. Or maybe it's that I'm not as lovable and I'm not a good listener. Or maybe it's that I'm not as intelligent if I'm not a good listener. Or all those things. And so each one of those things, it's like, no, I love and accept you. Even if you, even if you are, um, even if you have that. Even if you aren't a great listener, I love and accept you. I am grateful for you, even if you aren't a great listener. I find you to be enjoyable, even if you aren't a great listener. And so then, as you love and accept yourself, all of a sudden you can love and accept others. And so all those permutations, it allows you, it's like whew, the unraveling begins to occur um, as you get to that level of openness. So the more open you get, it's like, whew, it's like you get deeper and deeper into the maze and you realize everything's like whew, falling up. Everything's, everything becomes more and more interconnected. Yeah. And as you keep accepting more and more things, you're like, whoa, this emotion is connected to this thought, which yeah. is connected to this reaction, which is connected. And all of a sudden, all the things that caused you to be the person that you were two minutes ago is like unraveling and a new person emerges. And it's like, you are on a journey. You are on a journey. And it's just, it's like, it's like the, it's like a mental lubricant that allows you to be able to go, Whoa. yeah, free resistance to go to the next part. So it's like, okay, it, in a way it's like, it's like there's these rocks that exist within your, your head. And that rock, each one of those rocks is whew, not acceptance. Not acceptance 
non, um, not loving, not, not being in a spirit of, of acknowledgement, um, ignoring, um, living in, in a falsehood, all those things. Once you get to the spirit where you accept it, you just accept it. You just say, you know, whatever it is, it's horrible. Yeah. But you loving accept it. You say, you know, I love you. I accept you no matter what. What's crazy is people think, oh, if I love and accept it, it stays the same. No, loving acceptance is transmutable. Exactly. Once you love it, once, once you, you love absolutely it, love it, it can change. Once you love it, it must change. Almost, it almost has to change because its limiting nature of of that is free. Right? It's, I, it's, it sounds bizarre, but it's like if you are with somebody who lies all the time and you say, you know what, dude, you can lie to me all you want. I love and accept you no matter what. That person is going to be different. They're going to, they're not like, they're going to be like, holy shit. You know, maybe the reason why I'm lying is because I don't feel comfortable with this dude, but he just told me he's okay with me no matter what. You know, and so like that has a transformative nature. I think a loving acceptance transmutes reality always, every freaking time. And then once you get to the point where you're in alignment, where you're loving and accepting everything, when you say, this part of me that I find is horrendous, I love and accept, it's telling me something beautiful and true about myself, and I'm excited about it, I'm enthusiastic about it, I, I love it, I, I have gratitude for the fact that it's here, and you fully acknowledge it, it then stops, it's almost like it stops being its own thing, and it then goes back into the nature of, all, of the oneness of the universe, and you can experience reality as it is, rather than this illusion. I think also is that through not acceptance, we, we pull out certain parts of reality and we feel like things are this way or that way. But once you get more and more acceptance, you realize the universe is one. All thoughts are, are, are one. All emotions are one. All, all things are, are interconnected. Your body, everything is connected and, and there's a spirit of oneness. You know, So by not, you don't realize it, but by not accepting one thing, that has an inverse effect to the other, you know? So it's almost like by not accepting the bad, the good becomes worse. Yeah. The good becomes worse. But by accepting the bad and saying, you know what? For instance, I, I would, one of the fears that I have is like just being homeless or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's something I just fear, okay? So it's like if I get to the point to where I'm like, I don't mind being homeless because one, I don't care what people think about me. Two, I, I realize I don't need to be comfortable. Three, I realize that good can come from anywhere and I have no idea where it is. Four, I realize that, shoot, one of my, one of my greatest elders, Jesus, was essentially homeless, you know, and I'm going to be more and more like him by doing that, you know, I, and, you know, there's all sorts of goods that can come from that. Once you get in line with that and you completely satisfy, like, instead of having a fear of working where I'm like, oh, I'm scared to be homeless, you know, it's like, no, I'm not. Like, I can do anything. I can, I can quit my job and do another thing and not be afraid about not having, not exactly. having work and being homeless. That is liberation, you know? Or, or maybe it's judgment. You're like, oh, I'm afraid of somebody else judging me. I'm afraid of the, um, the performance review because I really want to be good enough, right? All of a sudden, you don't need it. The good, the good, things, <laughs> the good things are great, but it's like I, I used to go into a performance review just wanting to hear attaboy, attaboy, attaboy. Now I go in, I'm like, no, don't give me any attaboys. I can give myself attaboys. I give myself attaboys yeah. all day long. Tell me what I can do better. Tell me how I can be a better employee. Tell me how I can improve. That's what I want. You know? And so what that means is that by allowing that to flow, by allowing yourself to be loving and accepting, loving and acceptance is, is, is the, the least resisting thing. It's a, loving acceptance by nature is zero resistance. And if so if you're not resisting, you can then say, well, why am I doing anything? 
And the answer always, I think, that you come to for why you do anything is either it's pointless, there's no meaning, right? Which isn't a true answer, right? Because it doesn't align with what reality is, okay? Or you can say, I am aligning to the source and the goodness. And so it's like every single time you take away one little tiny, um, you take away one stone here, it's like the whole building. It's like, it's like Django, basically. When is this whole, when is my, when is my whole um, previous yeah. section? And what's amazing is that we can take that element, right? And by doing that constantly, especially with and around other people, you can transform reality quickly, very, very rapidly. So like, for instance, you and I could sit here and we could think about what is good. And we could think about, we could conspire about generosity. If we conspire about generosity for an hour and we say, okay, how are we gonna get to this? This is every single time, like the, the source is conspiring with us to do good to someone. I'm super excited. Where are we gonna see goodness? Where are yeah. we gonna see it? And it, it, it's gonna show up everywhere. And then as you do it, it's gonna, it's gonna transform. And so within, again, it doesn't take long. Within a single moment, reality, everything can completely shift. Once, once you realize that, the, that you have these fundamental, easy, easy core principles, again, what? It's really just simple things. It's about what am I, what words am I speaking? Words, as you do this practice more and more, you, re you realize, you don't realize how powerful words are because you're doing it at a lower vibration. You're speaking in lower vibrations, everything's at a lower vibration, but once you start to speaking at a higher vibration, higher frequency, and you're, you're repeating things really quickly, you realize how powerful it is. If you're saying, I'm full of enthusiasm, enthusiasm comes to me, I receive the enthusiasm of the divine. I have never resisted of the, the enthusiasm of the divine. I receive it in abundance. I'm receiving, I am opening myself and receiving the abundant enthusiasm that comes to me naturally yeah. from the universe, right? That, that spirit of enthusiasm comes infused into your being and it, and it can't be stopped, right? And it doesn't take long. Again, it doesn't take long. Um, and all of a sudden that impacts. And then you use that process to then talk about other people. To, to be able to say, I see other people as, as being moments away from being extremely enthusiastic. I see the enthusiasm, the, the veil, I see there's a light veil uh, of, of discouragement and beyond that there's an ocean a fucking universe of enthusiasm behind that and all I have to do is just put just like one little pinprick and the whole illusion exactly. of, of dissatisfaction all of a sudden you realize enthusiasm almost it just like it's like spreads like crazy because it's the natural state and that can you can do that through, through the process of just mental just just again these are, this is how I really believe words are magical spells. If you don't believe it, repeat something horrible to yourself for 10 minutes and see what, see what effect it has on your body. Repeat yeah. something wonderful to yourself for 10 minutes, see what effect that has on your body and everything around you. They, they are magical spells. Say something wonderful to a person, see how they react, see how their life changes. Say something horrible. I wouldn't encourage it, but maybe witness somebody who says something horrible to another person and see how that affects them. Think about how other people's words have, have done it. Think about how your own words have affected people. Words are magical spells. If you keep saying, again, this is something that I keep thinking about, it's like, I am floating in the cosmos. How, what a mysterious reality life is. I don't understand what life is. What the hell is life? Where does life come from? How is life even possible? You, 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 you meditate on these kind of questions. You're like, what? how does life happen? Where does it come from? You know, you know what I mean? Like at the source of it, what, what, what allows for, what is life anyways? What, yeah. what fundamentally is life? That's a mysterious question. No, scientists don't even really know that. 
So it's like, you, there's so much of that where it's like, once you go past that thin veil, oh yeah, I'm safe, I know everything. So like, I don't know freaking Jack. It's like, whoa! Like, some people feel like, they feel the feel of insecurity, transmute that to a feeling of excitement. Yeah. That's, that's a whole reality shift, you know what I mean? That's completely, that's what we're talking about, like mental transmutation. And you think about it, people think, um, it's like, oh, you hear mindset is everything, you hear mental transmutation, you hear um, shifting the way that you think, it's like, that's bullshit, you know? Why? Because you're still thinking the same way. You're still in, in the same operation. You, you're not doing that. You're not actually thinking about it in a way. You're just feeling like you're lying to yourself, but you're still thinking the same thoughts. So here's what you do. You're still doing it. You're still saying, oh yeah, I'm so grateful. But in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, life is actually bullshit. I'm not, you know, yeah. so good enough. You know, but if you start saying, if you start repeating, you'd be like, no, this is, I'm actually grateful for this. Yeah. Immediately there's a transmutation. And so I think a lot of times we slow ourselves down by what? Seeking, um, seeking pleasure, I think comfort is one thing. I think that's ultimately what it is. I think that that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate thing is like, is what it really comes down to it is not allowing yourself to feel an unpleasant feeling. So when you, that's good, because I, I was thinking about so many things, like whether it's allowing other people to judge you, allowing uh, good or bad things to happen, allowing, jump back in. What that leads to. Yeah, so I think, I think what it really might boil down to, and I probably need to do more investigation into this, is having, I think what it really comes down to is having acceptance. Love acceptance goes back to everything. Love is the universal principle, and I think love is acceptance. And acceptance is, is seeing something exactly how it is, and seeing it as good, seeing it as beautiful, seeing it as, as as something that is helpful, seeing it as 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 something you should, something that brings out gratitude within you. Yeah. No matter what it is, it's it is ultimately a good thing. You know, um, that's a huge transmutation. But I think what weighs us down a lot is, uh, I mean, it's this. It's ultimately comes back to the spot of just: Are you open enough to receive any? Gift, mm -hmm. and if here's something crazy here is that the the terrible things that you feel uh, that you don't want, that I, I don't want, you don't want all those things. Those things are a gift as well. Mm -hmm. And there's and, there, and you can go down that rabbit hole of like, oh my gosh, all the horrible. How could you say this is a gift for the divine? But if you really come down to it, if you go deeper and deeper, this is where you this is where sages become kind of like. Well, they almost can't talk to people about shit like this because it sounds so, it sounds so horrible. Yeah. Everything is a gift. Every single thing. The most and how do you how do you present a hurricane and five thousand people dying as a gift? How do you do that? You can, you can't. Internally, it it has to be your own thing. So like again, it's it's not a gift if you don't receive it as a gift. It's only a gift if you understand that it's a gift. And all is a gift. And all is a gift. So if I'm in the hurricane and everything pulls apart, that's a gift because it's like, there's so many reasons. It's like, one, I'm still fucking alive in the midst of a hurricane. Two, there's not hurricanes happening all the time. I could be alive because there's not hurricanes happening all the time. They're not happening where I live. There are places where hurricanes don't happen. You live in an ecosystem. That doesn't where... have hurricanes. 
because you get to the ecosystem is sustainable for life, hurricanes happen as a byproduct of that. And so the fact that hurricanes happen is a testimony that you live in an environment that's capable of of having hurricanes. I mean, the, 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 the whole thing is that there's so many possibilities in terms of mental, um, your mentality towards that, that it doesn't matter. Now, now, here's where it does, here's the rub of it all. This is really the rub. I can accept all sorts of emotions and see them not as good or bad. I can accept all circumstances of not being good or bad. I think the place that I get bogged down on is mental activity. Is all thought good or bad? Now, I think that there are thoughts that are good. There are thoughts that are bad. There's ways to think about things that allow you to do things that are good. And there are thoughts that are not. But again, so what I would go here is all improper alignment. So before we started the podcast, we were talking about ego death, right? And we were saying it's like, you know, it's such a hard word because it's not that the ego dies, right? It's that it changes. It changes. It gets put into a proper alignment. And then we kind of nuance that out. It's like, well, there is a death and it's a new one taking its place, right? But ultimately kind of getting down to it, it's like, it's not necessarily ego that's the problem. It's the wrong priority. It's calling the shots, right? And so... It's the wrong aim. Yeah. It's the and, wrong mental aim. And so aim. Yes. even yes. what you would I naturally agree. call bad thoughts, they yes. are good, right? Yeah. The thing is, is that you're not orienting yourself to them correctly. And so it's like you have a negative passing thought. Yeah, but how do you... Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. That really freaking excites me. But it's like, that's where it's like... It's so meta because there's, yeah. when it comes to thoughts, thoughts are freaking layered. You know, mm-hmm. there's not one layer of thought. There's like a bunch of layers of thoughts. So there's the layer that's that's maybe specific. So you talked about this before that you love when you hit. So you're talking about your employer, right? And you they're giving you negative feedback. Okay, so um, when all is mental, right? Are external universe and the internal universe the metaphysical of a monad of a thought is like it's identical in that it's a single monad of whatever property the external universe is representing it's equivalent to an internal universe right so this the monad of this chair and the monad of thinking having the thought about some guy on the street not liking me are both single monadular points right and so then it comes down to how are you thinking about that thing, right? That then creates whether or not it's a truly good or bad. And that's entirely, like you've said, based in thought. Because if you can take negative feedback on the street, just like you're taking it with your employer, you know, hey, like, where can I learn? Like, how can I learn to have more compassion for you in your circumstance? Right, it's the same thing to a passing thought of, um, you know, you being insecure about bad habit, and you're still going outside. Like, you can still look at that and smile, and it not having that weight. Yeah. You know, I am doing so important things that even getting a little bit more presentable is uh, chaff in the wind. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's a good point. I think one of the things that 
I'm thinking about here that's interesting is like, so I think thoughts arise in the ether. And by that I mean, we're not creating the thoughts that come to us, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think there is a sense of illusion where we build, start to believe that we're the ones thinking, you know? But I think it gets down, our only self is the soul, the conscious mind and body suits, right? That is a illusory thing, to use your language. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, that's just, I have one line and then you just go to a completely different I'm sorry. Which is fine, it's good, no, it's good, it's good. It's just, I I want to be like Socrates and be able to take the line that you have and bring it back to the one that I had or to a better one. But um, essentially what I'm thinking here is like, in a state of meditation, you're focused on breathing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and you almost are allowing all thoughts to come in and go out, like clouds. All emotions to come in and go out, like clouds. All any state of being to come in and go out, like clouds, right? And so it's like there's almost like a higher, uh, there's almost a higher operational uh, being, which I would say most people talk about this as like being observing being in the observing mind. I think chief ends is a really interesting thing too there. Where it's like, does that, I don't know if this is necessarily a thinking thing, but it feels different of like, my, if a chief end of like being grateful, right? And any thought comes to me, but I, I have the chief end of being grateful and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm understanding everything through a spirit of gratitude. And I'm grateful for whatever's coming to me, you know? Um, is that still a thought process? Or is that something different? You know, is that is that beyond that? Like, can, can I get to the point to where I'm grateful for ungratefulness? To where I, I, when I feel a spirit of ungratefulness, I feel gratitude. You know, when I feel a spirit of, un, uh, of, of non-acceptance, can I have acceptance of that? You know, when I feel a spirit of non-love, can I love that? In myself, and in, uh, you know, as much as it is in everyone else. Yeah. Like that's where it's like you get to the real meta here of like well, we're, we're like we're like it's I think what you're articulating is compassion and especially exactly, compassion yeah. of self yeah. right is that uh, the world doesn't have to and that includes like when I say the world it's like both the internal and external universes don't have to match up to your expectations ultimately not having expectations is really the thing is the thing and yeah. like you have expectations of how your inner dialogue should go yeah, and so even then you're creating friction. So it's yeah, like yes, things. exactly. And so you're not allowing for things to flow. But it's just interesting because when you break it down like that, of like, because it's it. I think maybe one of the frustrations that we're having right now is that we we group all cognition as being one, or we we don't do, we can't delineate any kind of the the different levels of cognition. Yeah, um, and so like. I think that there is something here to be said about like allowing everything to flow, but then it's like, what is allowing? What is doing the allowing thing? Then? Is it? And that's where it's like, oh shit! Now we're really getting into something spiritual. Okay, so if I'm allowing my thoughts to flow, I'm allowing my feelings to flow. What the hell is doing the allowing? Yeah. What the hell is doing the allowing? It? Which is like that's where it's um, you can come to this truth in so many different ways, but it's like when you get there, it's like whoa, 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 whoa. you know. I'm not my thoughts because I'm witnessing my thoughts. Yeah. You know, like that whole process of like, that's a crazy thing to think about because I think so much, so much of my life, maybe, I don't know if you have the same thing, but like I definitely 
I definitely can identify with my thought patterns. Like, I think more than anything else, I identify with I, my thoughts. I identify with one of my thought patterns. I think there's other thought patterns that, like, you know are oh, more no, no. intuitive thoughts that yes. are just not coming from... But there's, there's identification through thoughts. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's one of the most powerful... I think almost all identification is that, is identifying through a thought pattern. But... Um, to not think of the the thoughts as yourself, yeah. That I think that's like a that's like that's freaking enlightenment right there. Where you realize, yeah, I accept all these thoughts. Was like, I get it. Just like I accept you, doing, I accept this yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah. Like who is that? Who the hell is doing the accepting? It's like all of a sudden, by necessity, if you're in the spirit of accepting everything, it's like you become a high. It's. You yeah. can't help but be on a higher plane of being. And at the same time, it's like you don't feel like you're looking down. It's like, it's like you are yeah. you're in, in a spirit of, of, of love. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like that's a good spot to maybe pause. Yeah. I mean, just to, I think we've, to kind of sum up, right, is all like that's how we impact the world. Through loving acceptance? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think. I think you're right about that. Opening, I think all of these tools that, are, that we're talking about is how can we allow uh, less friction yeah. in change? What, what tools can we apply so that when we find something good, we can subsume it into our own reality, our own, our own uh, being? And when we find that something is bad, how do we get to a point to where we release that? Yeah. And release that way. You know, because like I think the, the the faster and the more rapidly and the more ardently that you, ident- you know, I don't know if identify because I think it's a- but using but using a tool once you once you once you acknowledge something as good and you live in accordance with that. I think it's optimizing the flowing energy from the source. Yes, it's channeling it. Yes. It's channeling the stream. Yeah, it's uh, where am I blocking the, the dam here? Yes, you know, or where am I blocking the stream? What what rocks? Because once you're attuned, and you've accepted it, and you're you've gotten out of your own way, then that energy flows right through you into yeah, your community. Yeah, which is interesting too, because here's the thing: is that if if I am in a spirit, oh, let's say you are, okay, you are in a spirit of goodness, right? Mm-hmm. You receive one good gift. You receive it, okay. That good gift is to be more open, maybe, right? So you open that up. You say, okay, I'm more open. You receive that gift. Then another gift flows to you, where it's like you have to accept your your pride and love your pride mm-hmm. and see it as just you know you just want to be loved so you allow that all of a sudden the more and the more that you accept it the more and more it's like well who's doing the decision making anymore if I'm just saying yes yes this good thing is flowing who's the, who am I becoming mm-hmm. you know and I think that's kind of when people talk about becoming in tune with their higher self yeah it's more and more about like just saying yes yes Lord yes yes Lord yes 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 yeah. yes Lord yes like that, like that spirit of uh, there. So that's um, wow. This is that. That's an incredible thing. What? No, it's just powerful stuff, man. Oh, yeah. I like this new format. It's more than just audio. It's, it feels more personal. It's cool. I think it's easier too. I think the fact that we're sitting side by side rather than opposed. Yeah. Is I think is a, a really good thing. This is a good setup. Like we'll this. sit through this. We can we can chop this out and get TikTok. We'll get a bunch of freaking TikToks from this one. 
We have TikToks for months here. Yeah, we do. But we could every time that we sit down and talk, we could just split it out, find things. Exactly. No, but, I uh, love this. This is great. Cool. But uh, no, that's. I think that's a really good truth right there. It's just weird to think that, right? It's to. It's weird to do that. So, the, so the, the primary mode that is good for the ego is to be in a spirit of, of acceptance mm-hmm. and the spirit of adoration where you're just like, oh, just washing and bathing in the love of the divine. Yeah. Like just being, dwelling with it. Like yeah. those are the things that are good, right? And the thing is, is that once you block that street, that's where all the other permutations happen. Well, it fills you up. And then the, the only thing left to do is to act and be a force of good and change in the world. Because it's like, it's all you obsess about. Because it's like, how can I be, how can I help other people be wise? Like, can I, how, like, how do I just, go, like, and I talked about this with my friends. This is why, like, I'm, I'm pulling away from more agency and getting into more of consultative stuff. Because I literally just want to walk around the friggin' planet and help other people. And just, it just fills you up. It becomes the obsession of just, like, how can I help, in just be a catalyst, yeah. you know, that fire, right? For the desire for the good. Yeah. To inspire it. Yeah. That's the, that is the ultimate question. I think it's interesting because I think once you get to a point where you start destroying what is bad within you, when you allow the bad to not take a hold of you. So like to, again, to go back to what we were talking about before, where I think like maybe getting other people's approval. Yeah. So like, if you get to a point where you're like, I need no one's approval. I am. I desire no one's approval. Whether someone approves of me or disapproves of me is none of my business. Whether someone approves of me or disapproves of me has everything to say with what they want, not what I want. Everything that when people approve of me or disapprove of me, it only says what they think is good. Yeah, and you can I'm see connected to the divine you, source. You, you can see the path. It's like you take something in, and you start the process with fire. It then turns. To avoid, right? Because you've accepted it. Because there's an emptiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, an yeah. emptiness. Then the, the flow, vacuum. the flow, right, fills the vacuum. Yeah. Right, and then from there you build virtue structures. Exactly. And it becomes a good part of your higher self. Exactly. But I think there is an initial void because so much of what who the false self is is in trying to satisfy that, like trying to get the approval yeah. of somebody the, else. Uh, the Eastern. Uh, Japanese, Chinese uh, alchemy, they have five elements. Void being distinct from air. Yeah. I think that was in Frozen 2. I haven't seen what Frozen was it? 2. You haven't seen it? Oh, shit. No, I didn't, I didn't know Frozen problem. was going to be brought up on the podcast. Frozen is really... I, I'm sorry. I'm actually really into Frozen. Frozen <laughs> yeah. This is a girl who has magical powers. Yeah. Right? She has magical powers, and she realizes that as a, at a young age that she can do terrible harm for a magical power. It causes her to The live. character development story is The character. Amazing. So yeah. she, she lives in absolute fear. She then allows that fear to be horrible. She goes off on her own and just allows herself to be completely free, sees the catastrophe of what's going on, and then understands that the ultimate liberation of her power is through love. Yeah. And so through love, she brings back summer. So it's like, that is a beautiful, beautiful analogy of, of what we're talking about here, of like the yeah. power of words. 
how you know you you have this beautiful power of words and you can cause things to just ice over ice being the lower vibrational frequency mm. or you can love other people love being the higher vibrational frequency love being like water going from ice to a higher vibrational frequency you yeah. know like so that's i think it's a i think it's a wonderful story the second one is good too it's about all about the mystical powers of the of the forest and the woods and and, and releasing those, those and, and coming That's into cool. it's a yeah man. We'll watch it on Disney Plus sometime. This yeah, year and I we're gonna, just, we're gonna do a watch party. I, I I'll be like Great. I'm just gonna Jordan Peterson this. Oh, that's, what's, that's essentially what's going on. I'm just gonna Jordan Peterson this. He'd be like, here's what the essential. <laughs> I can't do my Jordan Peterson voice. The archetypes of the lobsters yeah. are <laughs> fundamental to <laughs> human psychology. I can't hear right now in my head. Usually I can do a pretty good one. I, you know, I have good interpretations, but uh, Jordan Peterson is not one of my guests. Yeah, but... Well, thank you for joining us on this uh, new format today. We're going to come back. Oh, yeah. Do we want to? I was just thinking about taking a break. Um, let's, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. If this is the stopping point, this is the stopping point. Okay. So. Well. See you next time on the Philosopher's Quest podcast. Do you want to do uh, work stuff? Yeah, let's do that. But I kind of want to go for a walk first. I'm down. I'm very down. I need to, like, move. Yeah, that was probably good. It's only 10.30. Yeah, I know, because you got here at 8.30, which is amazing. It totally... Next level changed. Yeah, let's do more stuff for sure. Let's do more stuff for sure. Well, that was a crap time that we just covered right there. Yeah, man. Oh. So how's that going to change you? How are you going to use those things? Like, I think that that's really powerful. Again, the, the idea of like the content. Oh, the, the the topic. I thought you were talking about the content strategy for a second. Oh, what is content strategy? I mean, that's great too. But the the meditative stuff. Um, Specifically, are you looking at it as like new knowledge? I mean, if it's then um, just a conversation of I think, like, reflecting on positive things, then I like, think, yes. Yeah, I think the practice of rapidly receiving something and saying that. Okay, how do you want to use which way? Your way. speak the same language, totally know what the other is saying. Oh, yeah. Then again, I am referencing what I saw was a TV show, so maybe that's bullshit. No worries about that. I just want to unload this. I want to unload this for like, I'm just trying to walk around. He just face on the wall.
we're gonna have so many like Gary V style, just in the middle of boom power, boom power. stuff man that is the one thing I really need to add into my that's what I was saying yeah dude that it's just like the one thing I don't do man and it's just I think I you know meditation is another thing up there but I do more active meditation with walks and runs so that I'm not like man this needs to be implemented ASAP but the the repetition for brainwashing is just like it's kind of dumb that I'm not doing it it's just like it's smart yeah, well, that's a fulcrum. You know, you pull a small, you're doing a small thing and you can do balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, for instance, so many good things. Like, 